Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Arsen the Science Guy podcast. And in the first episode, we're talking about nails. Well, not the ones that you hammer in, but the ones that you have on your fingers and toes. And I really hope that you learned something new, exciting, and interesting. And since we're talking about nails, I don't think any introduction is necessary. So let's dive right into it. Let's talk about the function of nails. A healthy fingernail has a function of protecting the distal phalanx, the fingertip, and the surrounding soft tissues from injuries. There is no secret that the fingernails are there to protect the tips of your fingers. The fingernails also serve to enhance the precise, delicate movements of the distal digits through counterpressure exerted on the pulp of the finger. And believe it or not, it enhances the sensitivity of the fingertip. So the nail uh, then acts as a counterforce when the end of the finger touches an object, and that way it enhances the sensitivity of your fingertip. The coolest thing is that it does it by not having any nerve endings at all. And finally, we don't think about this too much, but anyone who's tried pulling out a splinter out of your finger. You probably understand that the nail functions as a tool enabling, for instance, a so-called extended precision grip. That's what they call it. So, for example, for cutting or scraping actions, or like I said, when you try to pull out a splinter from your finger or any other part of your body. Now let's switch gears and talk about the nail growth. In my recent TikTok video, I have shown you a time lapse of a fingernail growth within one year, and the comments were truly fascinating. So let's go ahead and break it down. The growing part of the nail is under the skin at the nail's proximal end. The proximal end is the one that's the furthest away from the tip of your nail, and it's also under the epidermis as well, which is the only part of the nail that's living. And here's a cool fact: what、well, we're mammals, right? So in mammals, the growth rate of the nail is related to the length of the terminal phalanges, the outermost finger bones that you have. Thus, in humans, the nail of the index finger grows faster than that of the little finger. And here's the coolest part: have you noticed that you actually cut your fingernails much more often than the toenails? Well, there's a reason behind it, and I've just told you about that. The fingernails grow up to four times faster than the toenails. Why? Because just like I said before, the growth rate of the nail is related to the length of the phalanges, the length of your finger itself. I have mentioned it in the TikTok video as well, but in humans, fingernails grow at an average rate of approximately 3.5 millimeters a month. For those of you who use the empirical system, it's 0.14 inches a month. Whereas toenails grow about half as quickly, approximately on average 1.6 millimeters or 0.063 inches per month. So if you were to completely remove your fingernail, it'll take three to six months to regrow completely, and the toenail will require 12 to 18 months to completely regrow. But as you know, everything's relative, and the length of the phalanges is not the only determining factor for the fingernail growth rate. So, for example, the actual growth rate is dependent upon age, sex, season, exercise level,、uh, even a diet, and even hereditary factors. So, for example, if you have a well-balanced diet, then your fingernails will grow at their normal rate. That is determined by the other factors such as genetics,、uh, or if you exercise. More vigorously, or if you exercise compared to the person that's not exercising, your fingernails will grow much quicker compared to the person that doesn't exercise. 
And this could be very well related to your metabolic rate. And a quick recap, the metabolism is basically the sum of all processes that are happening in your body, such as metabolism and catabolism. So if you're exercising, you're actually forcing yourselves to divide much quicker, and therefore your nails grow much quicker as well. And a lot of you have asked that question in the comments for the TikTok video that's got over 5 million views. Uh, hopefully this answers your question. Now here's a cool fact as well. The longest female nails known ever to have existed measured a total of 601.9 centimeters, an average of 60.19 centimeters or 23.7 inches for each fingernail. And here's another interesting one as well. Despite the fact that people say that nails grow after the person dies, it is not true. Nails do not continue to grow after death as well as the hair. So what happens is that the skin dehydrates, it loses its water and it tightens, which makes the nails and the hair appear to grow. And now that we're on a topic of dehydration, let's talk about permeability. Permeability is the ability to permeate or go through things. So. Do the nails have permeability or they're completely impermeable? It is often considered that the nails are impermeable and stuff cannot go through the nails, but it's not true. We all know that fingernails and toenails are made of tough protective protein called alpha-keratin, or keratin as people normally call it, which is found in hooves, hair, claws, and horns of vertebrates. So if you really think about it, your nails are actually made from the same material as your hair. So the nails are absolutely permeable, and they're actually much more permeable than the skin. And the nails include about 7 to 12% water. Those of you who are using cosmetics or nail polish, you might want to listen to this, because in particular, cosmetics applied to nails can pose a risk. Let's think about it. Water can penetrate the nail as can many other substances, including paraquat, a fast-acting herbicide that is harmful to humans. You know what else can pass through? Urea. Yes, the one that's found in your urine. But I'm not encouraging you to do that. I'm talking about the urea which is found often as an ingredient in creams and lotions that are meant for use on hands and fingers. This permeability is actually a good thing because what happens when one gets a fungal infection? Well, you normally go to the doctor and you get a prescription for something like a salicylic acid or monostat, which is the brand name for myconazole. So the pharmaceutical industry, as well as the doctors, exploit this permeability for our own benefit. And finally, to finish off the permeability topic, the last thing I'm going to tell you is that the sodium hypochlorite can also penetrate your nails. Sodium hypochlorite, as you know, is used as an active ingredient in common household bleach. Bleach is normally not so concentrated, and the amount of sodium hypochlorite used in bleach is about 2-3%. to the next common question that normally comes up is, is it possible to use nails as a diagnostics tool? And yes, it is. In the hospital, we use nail beds as a way to indicate perfusion. Perfusion is how well your blood is flowing through your extremities. By the way, the nail growth record can show the history of recent health and physiological imbalances and has been used as a diagnostic tool since ancient times. For example, do you ever get horizontal straight lines on your nails? They're kind of deep and they run along your nail all the way down to the tip of your nail. These lines are actually a natural consequence of aging, although they may result in from disease as well. Contrary to common belief, white spots on your nails do not indicate calcium deficiency. 
It is called leukonychia, and it's harmless and most commonly caused by minor injuries such as nail biting or you hitting your nail against something. And if you have white spots, for the most part, doesn't mean that you have some kind of a disease. The leukonychia occurs most commonly in healthy individuals and is unrelated to any known nutritional or physiological deficiency at the time of the recording of this podcast. And just remember, when caused by an injury, these white spots will disappear after the nail grows out. But either way, if you get them, it doesn't hurt to show them to your physician. The nails can also become convex, concave, which is called the spooning, and can indicate illness in other areas of the body, uh, such as nutrient deficiencies, drug reactions, or poisoning, or just merely a local injury. Now let's talk about the best practices to take care of your nails. The best way to take care of your nails is to trim them regularly. Filing your nails is also recommended. This is done to make sure that you don't have any bumps on your nails and that they don't get tangled up in materials such as cloth. Remember that your nails can get dry just like your skin can. So they can peel, break, and get infected. Toenail infections can be caused, for instance, by dirty socks or specific types of aggressive exercise, such as long-distance running or by wearing tight footwear, and also walking unprotected in unclean environments. Nail care tools can actually transmit infections from one person to another. Please ensure that you're not sharing your nail care equipment with somebody else or using somebody else's. If you experience any issues, you can go to a dermatologist with expertise in this particular area. You could also have the nail on your little toe separate and turn into what's called the sixth nail. Don't worry about it, it's not a big problem. Like any other nail, it can be cut using a nail clipper. So the last thing we're going to talk about is the effect of nutrition on your nail health. Before I go on, I just want to remind you that most of us are most likely getting a well-balanced diet and we may not have these vitamin deficiencies. But if you do have any of the above problems, then please go ahead and consult with your doctor before making any modifications to your diet. The first thing that comes to mind is vitamin D and calcium deficiency. Vitamin D and calcium work together in cases to maintain homeostasis in your body and do many other things such as they used for clotting or they used for transmission of nerve impulses, but they can also cause dryness and brittleness of your nails. If somebody has a vitamin B12 deficiency, this can lead to an excessive dryness, darkness of nails, and rounded or curved nail ends. If somebody has fragile nails, then they might have vitamin A or B deficiency together. The next one is something that people don't really think about too much, but remember that protein, as we've talked about before, is a building material for new nails. Low protein intake can cause anemia, and as a result, you can see wider nail beds. When the hemoglobin is low, but not very low, like in the previous case, then the nail beds can look more pink than white. The next and the final one is actually pretty overlooked. We consume fatty acids, and remember that we use fatty acids to produce nails as well as our cells. The membranes of our cells are actually made of fatty acids. So remember that essential fatty acids play a large role in healthy skin as well as nails. So the splitting and the flaking of the nails may be due to a lack of linoleic acid. This concludes today's podcast. And I really hope that out of everything that I've talked about, you've learned something new. If you have and want to hear more, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with friends. I would really, really appreciate that. Thank you very much for your support and I hope to connect with you in the next episode.